A few years ago, researcher and author Malcolm Gladwell had a podcast in which he compared and contrasted rock and roll songs with country music songs. Rock and roll songs tend to be about romantic relationships, and they also tend to be relatively upbeat and hopeful. Uh, in a rock and roll song, nobody dies young, marriages don't fall apart, mothers don't grieve their sons. Now, if you check out a country music station, especially a traditional country music station, it's a very different landscape. Marriage is going to hell, people staring into an empty shot glass at a honky tonk, people dying young. This is the second week of our series, The Gospel According to Dolly, in which we are looking at the life and music of Dolly Parton. Now, Dolly wrote her share of sad songs, and, but she also wrote her share of love songs. Now, I always thought I Will Always Love You fit into that latter category. Now, I'm betting that you are familiar with this song. A written and recorded by Dolly in 1973, it was then re-released in the 1980s, and then it became a massive hit when Whitney Houston recorded it in 1992 as part of the soundtrack to the movie The Bodyguard. It is one of the best-selling singles of all time. And in the movie, the, um, the meaning of the song is clear. It's about the end of a romantic relationship. But that's actually not what the song is about. It's about independence. It's about taking power back. And ultimately, surprisingly, it's a story of forgiveness. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me back up um, and tell you about a guy named Porter Wagner. Now, back in the day, he had the most successful country music television show of all time. In 1967, the show needed a girl, a new girl singer, his words, not mine. And he hired then 21-year-old Dolly Parton to fill that role of girl singer. And Porter Wagner welcomed her on the show, promoted her, uh, mentored her, and the two of them ended up singing lots and lots of duets together, and these duets were very successful. They had 14 top 10 hits. They were the royal couple of country music at that time, and Porter controlled everything. What Dolly wore, what she said on stage. Uh, he produced every record. Every time the two of them would win an award, and they won many awards in those days, they would walk up to the stage together and then Porter would do all the talking. Dolly would say nothing. In the meantime, during those years, Dolly was developing into a first-rate songwriter. Uh, that's when she wrote The Coat of Many Colors, Jolene, Love is Like a Butterfly. And she began to chafe under the restrictions that were placed on her by being on this show with Porter Wagner. So she asked him for more autonomy on the show and the freedom to produce some of her own material. He said no. So she decided to leave. She made the really risky decision to go out on her own. Later, she recalls, he didn't know how many dreams I had, but she did. So she made this decision. Now she didn't know how to tell him about the decision, 
So she stayed up all night one, one night and wrote this song, I Will Always Love You, as a way of communicating her need to leave, her gratitude for all that he had given her, and her sincere hope uh, that his future would be full of good things. Well, the night after she wrote the song, she marched into his office and sang the song for him. He told her it was the best song she'd ever written. And he said, you can leave as long as you let me produce that song. And that's what happened. But that wasn't the end of it. Porter's ego was bruised. He went on a public spree of character defamation, bad-mouthing Dolly to anyone who would listen. And then he sued her for $3 million, uh, saying he was entitled to a percentage of her future earnings. Now, Dolly made the decision to settle for a million dollars. Um, and it took her years and years to pay back the money. But from that moment on, uh, her star began to rise, his star began to plummet. I have to say, I find that so satisfying. I mean, serves him right. A uh, controlling, vindictive man gets eclipsed by talented, generous woman. Uh, I like the way that story turns out. Good people are rewarded, bad people are punished. Any questions? Well, this, this may be the right time to, to bring in um, today's reading, which interestingly is all about forgiveness. Jesus talks a lot about forgiveness. Um, he um, has really kind of an annoying habit of talking about the importance of forgiveness. Um, and he seems to think that things go better when we forgive. But I have to say forgiveness, not my favorite thing to do. When someone hurts me, I prefer anger. So Jesus really, how important is this forgiveness thing? Well, leave it up to Peter uh, to find out the answer to that question. Peter marches up to Jesus and says, um, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Now, the religious tradition at the time said that you ought to offer forgiveness three times. So I'm betting that Peter thinks seven is a pretty high number. Uh, when it comes to forgiveness, for many of us, one is a pretty high number. It's hard to forgive. And I'm betting that most of us feel pretty good about ourselves when we have made one good, solid attempt at it. How often should I forgive, Peter asks. Uh, 77 times is Jesus' answer. That's a, a, lot, a lot more than, than three, a, a lot more than one. And he might as well have said a million times because forgiveness is hard complicated, draining, not fun. People fail us. They disappoint us. They hurt us. They hurt us so badly. And sometimes the pain and the anger, they run so deep and, and it feels so bottomless and forgiveness seems impossible. Sometimes the ones that have hurt us the most aren't alive anymore and there is no hope for reconciliation. 
And sometimes it's not even an individual that inflicts the damage. It's, it's a group of people or, or an institution or an economic system or a government or a virus. It's complicated and hard. And not one of us is good at forgiving. Except maybe Dolly Parton. Uh, here's part two of that story. Throughout the 70s and 80s, as Dolly's career is just taking off, uh, Porter Wagner makes a series of bad financial decisions and finds himself in, in debt. A at the same time, uh, his label, RCA, drops him. Um, at one point, uh, Porter owes the IRS almost a half a million dollars. Uh, in order to avoid uh, bankruptcy, he tries to sell off any assets he can, uh, including the publishing company that owns the rights to all of the songs he's written. Um, so can you guess who, who quietly buys that company? Dolly. Um, her purchase enables him to get out of debt. And then later, uh, years later, um, Dolly gives the publishing company back to him as a gift, free. Who does that? When asked about why she did what she did, Dolly doesn't offer one of her Dollyisms. Um, no jokes, no quips. She simply says, forgiveness is all there is. And, and that, that story about the publishing company, that's just one, just the beginning of their reconciliation. They re reunite in 1988 for a joint concert at Dollywood. Uh, they rekindle their friendship. In the spring of 2007, Dolly Parton and the country music community celebrate 50 years of, of Porter Wagner at the Grand Old Opry. The finale, Dolly singing, I will always love you to Porter. And as she sings, she gently wipes tears away from his face. That was the last time uh, Dolly and Porter share a stage. A few months later, um, he's diagnosed with cancer, with lung cancer. And when he dies in October of that year, can you guess who is at his bedside? His family and Dolly. Forgiveness is all there is. Dolly seems to know what Jesus is trying to tell us in this passage. When we don't forgive, we end up in bad places. Withholding forgiveness eats away at our souls. When we don't forgive, we end up in hell. Forgiveness, on the other hand, leads to wholeness and healing. It opens up space within us to breathe and become our full, true selves. Children of God, forgiven, forgiving, free. If we want more of that in our life, we can do what Dolly does. So WWDD, what would Dolly do? Forgive. Forgiveness is all there is. Now, the best way I know to get in the habit of forgiving is to get in the habit of forgiving. Um, and I have a, a tool to share, a, a practice. Uh, it's an old practice that comes from Hawaii and it's called 
Ho'oponopono. And the word Ho'oponopono roughly translates to make things right. It, it's a very simple practice that involves saying four short sentences repeatedly. And here are those sentences. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. I invite you to, to say those sentences and, and, and just see what comes up. Uh, see who or what um, comes up within you. Um, it may, as you say those words, you, you may see the face of someone, someone you wanna say these words to. Um, you may wanna say these words to yourself. Uh, maybe you wanna offer these words to the earth itself. Um, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. They're also just a pretty good summary of, of this song and of the story behind the song. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. At the beginning of the sermon, I, I, I said that uh, I will always love you is, is not a love song. But it is, it's not a romantic song, but it's a powerful story of the love that is found in friendship and in forgiveness. It, it, it's that, that last part that gets me every time. When Dolly sings, I, I hope life treats you kind, and I hope that you have all you've dreamed of and I'm wishing joy, you joy and happiness. But above all this, I wish you love. Who do you need to say that to? Who do you need to hear that from? I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Because when we forgive, we become who we truly are, who God created us to be, children of God, forgiven, forgiving, free. Amen.